You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Uh, This is a bit of a special episode. We are away on a hunting trip in the Flinders Ranges. And uh, and Greg's with me. Hey, Greg. Hey, I'll see you again. Yeah, good, mate. And we've also got a couple of other guests. Now, uh, we've got Ben over there from the Armoury. Ben's been on our Shot Expo podcast. How you going, Ben? Very good, thank you. Excellent. Uh, over there is Sean from STS, who's been on before. Sean, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Excellent. And uh, a new recruit on this one, although a long-time listener and uh, not a fan at all, uh, Dan. Um, <laughs> how you going, Dan? Welcome aboard. Hey, Rusty. Now, this is different Dan to um, to the Dans that Dan have appeared previously, um, and we are yeah in the uh, in the hut in the Flinders, uh, sitting by a nice, beautiful fire. It's pretty good, hey, Greg? Yeah, mate. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and we've been uh, wandering through hills and uh, trying to shoot some stuff fairly far away. So exciting news! I think um, I think we all set records today, or in the last day or so. You would guys take us through those. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll kick off mine because no one else is saying anything. Perfect, Greg. That'll, but, that'll uh, help. Yeah, no, I, I, I got a PB at, what was it? Eight. <laughs> I'm glad you remember. Good. No, 6.30. Was it? 6.31, mate. 6.31. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with that. So, um, And what are you running? The, what were you running? That was that? just the 243 this trip. So um, It's pretty good yeah, for a 243. Yeah, no, I'm pretty happy and hopefully I'll, I'll extend that a little bit more tomorrow. But um, no, the other guys, and you'll hear shortly, they've done a lot better than myself. So um, yeah, Ben, you did pretty well straight off the bat, didn't you, mate? Yeah, well, we were we arrived and well, we're met by you guys as we were coming into the property, and uh, we sighted up something quite far away, and I'd only just really um, sighted in the rifle and and had a couple of um, well test shoots, I suppose, earlier in the week. A couple of foxes decided to come by home. So we set up for that shot when we got here, and it was a thousand twelve, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yep, just over a thousand. And um, oh, that's meters for our American friends. Yeah, and um, it was awesome. We dialed her in and and basically did a bit of a holdover. Third shot, straight on target, and uh, dropped him real quick. Yeah, so nice yeah. and clean. Yeah, it was beautiful. So that was shot. the longest I'd done with that rifle, um, straight off the bat. So and what, was, what rifle was that? So that's a CTR Tika. Very nice. Um, in three oh eight, so with the MDT chassis on it. And that's the uh, that's the little barrel, isn't it? The twenty. It is. Yeah. yeah. Nice T could break on it and all that. Yeah, well, really so nice rifle to shoot. And pe- people always say the old short barrel rifles can't can't shoot distance. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a good message. Yeah, well, a thousand. Ooh, yeah, I was pretty happy about yeah. that. So. Absolutely. And it was a cons- it was very consistent too. You you when you were like tracking in, it was uh, pretty good. Yep. You've been using that since. What what did you crack today with that one? Uh, Did you do the thousand forty five? Was that your other one? Forty five today. Yeah. So it's doing you know, well. It's very doing exciting well. to see what that little little guy's doing and quickly becoming my favorite rifle. Nice. And uh, and what about you there, Sean? How'd you go? Yeah, really happy with today. Uh, got a uh, a new personal best. Yep. So um, spotted some some goats out on a ridge just uh, just over eight hundred meters. It was eight 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 oh five was the range. Yeah. Nice. So um. 
Yeah, just dialed her in in the, in the shooter app. And uh, first shot was a little bit bit low, but then just using the uh, hold over in my reticle. Yep. Second shot, impact, and, just, and dropped it. So, yeah. It's a good drop. Good, real good clean drop. Yeah, really happy with that. So Yeah, that rifle's shooting well, isn't it? What projects were you using on that um, one? I'm running 155 AMAX in the T3308, so... They work, they work really well, so just right for the twist rate, Greg, so we should go <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. nice, good luck, twist rate jokes. Yeah, I'm uh, on to him now. They're yeah, wonderful. Wait. And Dan, you smashed your uh, PB. Tell yeah, us mate. about it, mate. Uh, I was alongside Ben when he was shooting the, what was it, 1,045? Yep. And yeah, sa- same it. same mob. Brothers in arms. And yeah, it's good. I'm, what I'm most happy about, though, is... Uh, Got eight hundred and five with a two fifty. Oh wow! Which prior to that I wouldn't have thought very easy, but it pulled it off quite quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with that. That was a yeah, real no, impressive, awesome. yeah. and and it it went you know it turned the lights out pretty quick as well. Yeah, yep. good, good shot placement. Yeah, very good. So we're doing um I guess we're doing some long range hunting, which we've I guess presented um hold the the records, um and so they're all sort of personal best. Oh, I, I did one as well, didn't I? Um. I did uh, uh, my Ruger Precisions up here in the 6.5 Creed and got that one out to 535 uh, yesterday and um, tried to uh, tried to push it out a bit further today, out to about, what, tried 1,000 metres. Yeah, 1,000. Just, just yep. ran out of ammo before I could connect, so I didn't have a huge amount of rounds with me. Yeah, but that, um, that hit it, what was it? Five, what was it? Five, 535. Yeah, it was a good... Oh, was a good, solid um, good hit. chest cavity, solid hit, nice energy. Yeah, switched it off really well. Yeah, I've got yeah. two of them, so pretty happy with that. And um, and the other one, the three threads here, and managed to crack a thirteen twenty five, which was good fun. That was across two gullies. And, yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, yeah, real yeah. good fun shot. There's some good footage on that. I'm hoping for a good video. Yeah, we, we've got the cameras with us, so we've uh, been trying to film as much as we can to put that together, so everyone can see what Greg looks like. Hot. <laughs> Lucky them. He's um, the one in the blue jeans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were saying you're going to buy some new pants, Greg. I just don't feel like the, you know, the cool guy because I've got blue jeans. Everyone else is wearing like cam stuff, you know. But anyway. <laughs> I'm not wearing camo. No, I've, I'm not really wearing camo either. I'm not wearing camo. Oh, look, at the dis- <laughs> look at the disclaimers. You got, you got the punish us, girl. <laughs> we, hey, I'm, I think Ben was wearing camo. I'm, I'm onto you, Ben. Not on my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Underpants. I'm not wearing any pants. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been sort of uh, either either vehicle or hiking in for a reasonable amount of distance, and then uh, and then sort of getting up onto hilltops, which has been quite good. I know Sean's in uh, in peak physical condition and has been smashing these hills. Yeah, like, I was struggling to keep up with him to be uh, honest. Yeah, he only brought one bag of snacks this time. <laughs> that's, that's right. He uh, yeah, good lesson in uh, in sort of making sure you pack not too heavy. Uh, Sean, are you going to take as much gear with you tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Easy if you don't carry any targets with you. <laughs> SDS, five or, or bring your, uh, yeah, firewood as well. No, Sam, one thing I've, you know, when you're up here in the in the Flinders Ranges, one thing that becomes very, very apparent is having a good set of binos. Uh, so yeah. You, you can't be a long-range hunter without having a good set of binos, whether whether it's expensive or 
like you know, the price isn't the big thing. It's well, you've got heaps of cash, so it never is. Yeah, it's never the know, price. Pocket change. Well, that's what this fire's made of. All your dollars. Yeah, I had a spare grand in my pocket. I just grabbed a set of binos. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, it, price isn't really the thing. It's the performance. So you know, Dan's got a set of binos that. Um, Really surprised me. Really, um, he's, I don't know what brand they are, but they're, they're not. They're a uh, Bresner, I think. They're a German one. Uh, I grabbed those, and you know they're not too far behind the pace of, of the the Granders. But you know, yeah. The I, big thing is, if you're going to be a long range hunter, you've got to be able to find what you're going to shoot. Yeah. And without a decent set of binos, you you really struggling. aren't. You look out there with the naked eye, there's nothing. Absolutely. You look out there with binos, and the targets start presenting themselves. So yeah. Absolutely. I was impressed with yours, actually. I think Sean said the same thing. We were really impressed with yours. Uh, what are you running, Greg? Yeah, I'm running a set of uh, Vortex Viper uh, 10x50 Tacticals. Yep. Um, yeah, HDs. Nice. And, yeah, you know, they cost me a penny. But um, Is that all? Yeah, just a couple. Um, but really happy with them, really happy with them. And, and, you know, I bought them for this sort of stuff, and yeah. they're really showing their worth uh, right now, you know, on this trip. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Really Absolutely. No, they're very impressive. The other thing that we've got a couple of good stuff of uh, is some spotting scopes. Ben's brought his along. That thing's going well, isn't it, Ben? Mm, yeah, really enjoying the uh, Vortex Diamondback. Um, What's well, 20 to 60 by 80? Yeah. Uh, angled spotting scope, and it's got a iPhone attachment to it. So yeah, it's been not good. only do you have to sit there squinting in a spotting scope all the time, but you put the the phone mount on it, and it's... Just awesome. watch them. Like you just sit there and watch the the thing unroll, and as soon as the shots are ready to let go, you just push the record button, and away we go. So yeah, getting full been, trace as well. Yeah, it's been really just really cool. Beautiful to, to watch. Yeah. Beautiful to watch. It's uh yeah, it's I'm impressed with that um, phone camera. I've got the the Razer HD variant of that same sort of powered sc- uh, spotting scope, and uh, I'm I'm keen to get one. That iPhone mount is uh is really impressive, and the, I mean that's you know we've come back here and we've been watching a bit. Yeah, reliving the days, reliving the stories, and I'm yeah. sure we'll continue on. It's really good because I, I remember we came up, yeah, a couple of years ago, as, as I mentioned, and we were talking before. We took about six photos over three days. <laughs> we're not so good with that side of things, and we made a real effort this time. Um, so I've, uh, I'm done for the the trip. I've shot my two guns and got my my kills that I needed or that I wanted to, and now I'm just running cameras and um, just. Yeah, it's really good to be sort of making all these, uh, this taking all this footage to be able to remember the trip by, because mm. we were fading out of memory a couple of years ago. We're getting old. That's the thing. We're getting old. <laughs> we're so you're going to post some of this footage? You think, Rusty? And uh, how, how can the guys get onto that footage when when you've got it up? Yeah, absolutely. We'll probably sort of drop a few snippets here and there on the uh, Facebook, and then uh, the the full video will probably come out through Impact Dynamics. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll definitely link it when it's all uh, all good. Probably uh, knowing my editing skills, probably about three to four years time. <laughs> and they should be together, but yeah, we'll give it a give it a crack. Um, it should be good. You uh, might not want to post them by then because our our records will far exceed the ones on the video. <laughs> There's always tomorrow, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, this is true. So um, tomorrow is going to be an interesting thing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The question I wanted to pose to you guys, and we've sort of talked about the binos and the spotting scopes, but um, it's not uncommon to buy some equipment or, or have some equipment that you sort of got ready for a particular trip. Can you guys tell me what your uh, sort of chosen piece, what do you think sort of paid off the best? What's uh, impressed you the most about what you brought up? I guess for me, I'll start off. Um, I guess for me, straight away, it's my binos. 
just as I previously talked about, I'm, I'm picking up targets really well, well out. Um, you know, in terms of long range hunting, you know, to be able to actually long range hunt, you've got to be able to long range identify and long range um, locate. Yep. So, yeah, I'm really, really happy with those binos. So that's uh, been a big sort of game changer for me because I've always had cheaper, you know, very budget, you know, compact crap yeah. basically if I, but uh yeah so that's that's it for me how about you uh, uh ben yeah well, i think my the spotting scope is the the deal for me i mean that as much as it is you know the enjoyment of of setting up a rifle from woe to go getting the load development done and then being able to pull a trigger and go it's doing its job at the other end yeah. um it's it's just as exciting calling shots like yeah, and watching, well, yeah. I mean, Sam, you did a we shot do. this afternoon that was just looks beautiful on the camera. I hope we can put Thanks, that man. one up yeah. where it's you can actually missed. where the yeah you missed, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> the the sun was at just the perfect angle. It looked like this golden arrow going through the sky, mm-hmm. and that was all picked up through the spotting scope yeah. and on the phone. It's just and those kind of things people don't get. Oh, now you can never see a bullet. Well, we were watching the thing go. Oh yeah, doing its job every time it was, and I think that that was that's a highlight for me. Mm, mm. Watching it, the success and also the close. And sorry, what know? was what was the model of that spotting scope again? It's a nice word for failure. It's a uh, Diamondback <laughs> Vortex. Yeah, there, yeah. Rodder. Yep. Cheers. <laughs> Greg's noting that one down. All right, that's uh, the next amount of money's going on. What about gentlemen over on the couch? We had, what have you found to be useful? Dan, kick it off. I know, I know Sean's will be snacks. <laughs> uh, pretty obvious for me, Rusty. I think it's, for me, it's having a decent range finder this time. I think you'll all agree. Yeah. It's coming quite Oh, handy. yeah. Tell the story about yeah. your old one. Of, um, <laughs> my old one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was pretty limited, but um, as far as a range finder will go, as far as you'll shoot. So this one can pretty much see, pick up better distance than what I can shoot, so... It's pretty pretty handy. And yeah. what is it, Dan? What's the model? Uh, it's a Zeiss PRF. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's performed really well. Um, you know, I'm running a uh, Connex uh, Bushnell, and it's definitely pushing well past um, the Connex. Uh, Connex is hitting sort of a K, a little bit past a K consistently. Uh, depending on the sun, it's sort of a bit intermittent. But I've um, sensed a bit of disappointment about that Connex with you. Well, Greg? the only reason why is because I had a 1600B. Like yep. and I, I actually, I shouldn't say, well, I will. I'll say I went down to the Bushnell for the connectivity with my Kestrel. Yeah. I did it for, from an interface point of view because I'm, I'm right into that. I'm a, you You're know. a gadgets man. I'm a gadgets man. And, um, you know, I probably would have preferred to have my 1600B in, in my hand yep. this trip because I would have been able to reach out to similar distances uh, to what Dan was getting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think... The connectivity works really well, and I'm I'm, I'm happy. I had a few glitches actually, but yeah. um, I will be looking for something that can reach out further moving forward. Hopefully, with connectivity. So that that's just sort of my view out of that. Mm. Um, yeah, very good. And uh, Shawno, what about you, mate? Aside from snacks. Yeah, look, you can't go past a good load bearing pack. Yeah, true. You know, you're humping a couple of kilometres. You need a good quantity of snacks. <laughs> no, on a, on a serious note, I've been fortunate because, I mean, you guys have already got the gear, so I didn't need to bring much. You know, I mean, my range finder's useless past 500. I don't have a spotting scope and, and all that. But uh, Got a good camera. 
Yeah, yeah, I did lump the camera up there as well. That was quite heavy. But uh, no, nah, I think probably one thing I learned today is I need a decent quality bipod. Um, yeah, I had because yep. we were shooting at weird angles. I needed to go uh, for my nine to thirteen bipod over my normal six to nine Harris, and the nine to thirteen is just an aftermarket one, and it's just crap. It's, yes. just, it's just not solid enough. I just couldn't get a right, <clears throat> a firm grip on the gun. Yeah, it's um, it's just too much slop in it. It's it's interesting when you're out hunting, isn't it? You never get any standard angles. You never get, you know, everything's always moving. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it definitely pays to have uh, a couple of different options with that. And I know what you're saying too, because I've swapped from my uh, normal um, six to nine to what did I have a nine to thirteen or something like that? No, it's now yours is a huge one. No, nine to twenty six or something like that. It's yeah. massive. Like so, yeah, you get a good option. You can actually even sit down, and the bipod comes yeah. up to your shoulder. So that's nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool that way. Talking yeah. about. Um, Bad positioning and stuff when I got my record at 10.45, was it, Ben? Yep. Yeah, when that we didn't look shooting. Um, I didn't have enough height in my bipod, and I was kind of laying on rocks and stuff that were sharp, like, like razor blades I was laying on. Yeah, and where it's Un- level. Unlike, I- unlike Ben, who put his mat out nicely. And yeah, got I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, 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 actually, that, bipod, yeah. that was pretty well yeah. done, mate. I'll give you credit it, for that. It's, it's all the information. Yeah, I was ready to kill you, off you and go to sleep. first, too. <laughs> but, yeah. I think you were worried about the cuts. Yeah. Start, That's it. As we were starting to get into it, I noticed two big round rocks which were perfectly placed at my bipod, so I managed to <laughs> set a big rock under each <laughs> each leg that. of the bipod, and, and I got my hit that way. It, it worked well. Yeah, you adapt very well, Dan. It's, uh, Thanks, it was mate. good. It was very good, and uh, it's been good fun, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say, I, I reckon, uh, I know it's a little boring, but it's really important. My bubble levels this trip have been something that I've been far more focused on and mm. had far more confidence in. Um, and I just, I've I've seen my corrections have been far better. I'm checking the bubble every time and then, mm. and then um, my corrections have been far better. I mean, we go back a couple of years and, you know, I'd shoot and then shoot again, correct what we thought, but you you twist the gun, whatever it is that you mm. do. And um and I just remember our corrections were just consistently off. You know, we we're trying trying and this time every time I've shot I've looked at that bubble level and it's been amazingly wrong. Like I've been yeah. lying what looks perfectly flat and I've looked at the bubble level and it's like the little ceramic balls nearly out of the tube um, and sort of corrected it back and looked at it and gone, this feels so wrong, and then dropped my head back off the gun and gone, actually the rifle looks level now, and and being really confident with that, that bubble level, and that, I think that's been a big difference. Yeah, I've found this. the same thing, Rusty, I've noticed with my shooting today, I um, just through good practice with my fundamentals at home, being out here, mm. um making sure I'm checking my level, which I'm finding I'm doing naturally. And yeah. I've, a few times I've looked and gone, whoa, it's right <laughs> yeah. on the edge there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And and so they're, they're, I've got one on each each of the guns I've got up here. And, and um, I mean, I just – it's been so long since we've done this type of hunting. Uh, we've been doing it on a range so often, which you can mm. get relatively flat. And, and you come out here and you really realise how much of a difference that bubble level is yeah, making. Yeah, when you're lying on a bed of prickles and rocks. Oh, and, wasn't uh, that great? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> up yeah. and down and up and oh, there's more. Oh no, yeah. no, they're gone. No, there's more uh, up. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, I got a workout in, which was wonderful. Exactly what I needed. Mm. Yeah, very good. So um, tomorrow we've got a. You guys have got a bit of a plan. 
You've got a bit of a plan um, just behind the Shearer's hut. We, we sort of, just to give you guys a bit of a picture, we're sort of you know, probably 30 k's off any sort of dirt road and we, we're sort of in the middle of nowhere. And It's great. And yeah, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. And um, from the Shearer's hut we're in, if you look out in one particular direction, there's a, there's a range of uh, pretty rugged sort of mountains, I guess. And over the back of that, we know that it's pretty flat. Um, we haven't seen it with our own eyes, just going off the maps. So we're, we're pretty keen to get up there, uh, Dan and myself, and oh, I think we have, oh, the whole crew's coming. Yeah, yeah we all feeling fit. I have a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something, Dan's got vibe. Get Dan's, the cameras ready because something's going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm out of ammo, so I'm going to take the cameras, and yep. only the cameras, and I'm going to be uh, watching whatever you guys are doing. Yeah, so we're going to get up pretty high, and we're going to do some, some really good solid observation, hopefully, um, out through the plains. And... Um, We'll see how it goes from there in terms of uh, locating, manoeuvring, and getting some shots away. How how high would you say that range is? We're headed up. Is that about four hundred above us? Pretty Usually, sharp. Yeah, pretty be, sharp. Very be, sharp. Yeah, be, be between four hundred and five hundred meters yeah, high. It's just beautiful country out here. Um, yeah. We could lose an hour getting up it. I reckon. Yeah, it's you look me, at things. Me, oh, me and Sean here, we're going to lose two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, you won't go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very very dramatic country out here. Like it, it just goes up sharp, and there's, you know, you can tell there's fault lines, like just all the mountain ranges coming up on fault lines, yep. um, and we're sort of shooting down into in between fault lines. Um, yeah, so it's just just absolutely picturesque, and hopefully uh, Rusty will get some particular videos out and gonna um, try. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, one of the the joys of of um, where we're shooting, and often because it's so steep, is when you do smack a goat. They don't just sort of drop. They drop and tumble and go yeah. down the hill, yeah. which uh, gives you a really good confirmation of shot. Particularly well, for some reason, I've been throwing up today, and uh, so I'm hoping that tomorrow the big hike will sort me out, which would be uh, which would be good. Yeah, actually, we all had a bit of a laugh while you're calling for Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to edit that. No, no, that's staying in. That was good. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, I don't know why. Not. Not well, but anyway, that's the life. We're out here, and we're going to crack. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's not a not anything serious. I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll get out there and just film. I don't even have to shoot. Yeah, the other thing I want to mention is um, when we're out there, like there's five of us here for the listeners. Anyway, if you haven't worked that out already, um, <laughs> but we're working pretty much as a team. We're, we've been running sort of sort of one to two firers, a um, couple of spotters, a ranger, and we're. Someone running the rangefinder, cameras, and as well. it's been really well coordinated. And I think we're getting better and better at it as 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 the weekend goes along. In terms of you know the fire, it just calls for range. We give it to him. Um, we're making adjustments on the fly. We've got good call a shot uh, in terms of adjustments, and uh, yeah, Rusty, I reckon it's working pretty well. Good, good teamwork. Yeah, and it's pretty important when you're shooting with guys. I think um, being able to sort of work together, you're going to get be far more effective. And, and I think you're right, having sort of someone designated to range, someone designated spot, um, yeah. and then we, we've got the joy with the extra person. We can dedicate someone to the cameras and try and get some good footage. But um, we, uh, yeah, you, you work really well. And, and I think tomorrow the plan is to split up a little bit, maybe yeah, into two groups. I think Dan's on the money. Um, Dan and I had a chat as we were walking into the hut today from uh, one of our other shooting positions, and and um, we're just talking about maybe splitting up just just for better observation, you know, sort of out in different compass directions. Yeah. And then if we have if one particular pair or group has has good observation in terms of uh, targets, we might just put, call the other group over and um, yeah, just try and cover a bit more ground. So we should cover a lot of kilometres in terms of observation. 
Yeah, brilliant. On these trips, uh, you often end up bringing something you just don't use. And, um, I, you know, you're sort of always trying to learn. And I, far out, I, we take, or I take a lot less than I ever used to. Um, but uh, there's always some stuff that you take. What, what have you guys brought that you go, no, probably didn't actually need that because it's probably good for those listening to realise what they don't use. Oh, I'll just kick off while the other guys are collecting their thoughts. I think with myself, I'm pretty minimalistic. Um, and I've done a lot of bush stuff in the past with the army, so I think I'm I'm down to you know pretty much either stuff I'm going to use or stuff I might use if to things turn bad. Um, oh yeah, that's a point. Just in terms of a GPS, you know, like you know, I've got the hut marked, and if if we get disorientated, I can I can bring it up. But other than that, yeah, I think I'm pretty refined in terms of gear. Uh, how about yourself, Ben? Yeah, I probably brought too many clothes like just you know you just you didn't, think didn't you, need the shoes to get in the nightclub well you know you think you're gonna um you know stink and get all sweaty and all that sort of thing from hiking all over the place and yeah and really the you know you know sean was setting the pace today so we were just you know going a bit slower than normal well it's been a bit, it's, bit cooler hasn't it we haven't been sweating as much oh, it's been beautiful weather like the, you, you couldn't pick any better weather than up here no you couldn't at the moment so it's not been, been good and the other thing too about the, um, I just wanted to mention before too, Sam, with what you're saying with um, the topography. You know, shooting, shooting out here is just awesome. Like yeah. there is, there's nothing that you can try to explain to somebody how beautiful it is. Like yeah. no matter how many Ken Duncan pictures you see of the Flinders or whatever it is, <laughs> this is just you know it's glorious yeah. to to be able to come out and just. Have fun doing what we're doing, you know. Tell you what, it's, it's another world. It is. It, it's been a couple of times where I've sort of caught myself completely distracted from whatever the team's doing, going, "Wow, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good." So it's uh, I can certainly concur with that. And uh, yeah. sorry, yeah, but clothes. No, 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 clothes are one of the best things that I thought. You know, just to bring a change of clothes. You know, I thought, well, we're here for four days. You know, what you got to do? Get four changes of clothes. You know, all that sort of thing. And then I was just like. Man, I don't need half of this crap. I just yeah, one know. set of jocks would have done you exactly. One <laughs> one set, one set. You know, you can get four folds out of inside one set out, of jocks. Front, you know, inside you know. out, front, back, it's all there. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I, I concur with you, Ben, because I used to be the same. Actually, you sort of pack for every single day and all that sort of gear. And I've, I've it's the I'm kids. Learning. I got kids. That's the problem. I pack for them you too. Pack, you know? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, they will go through three that's, sets of clothes right. in a day. It's okay, Mister Mum. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I've, I've I've learned that one as well. It's been master chef. Thank you. It's been good. Yeah, you've done well on the food side of things. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, there's been some gourmet serve ups over here by Ben. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I've um, uh, I've had sort of pancakes and toast. Yeah. And and you know sausages in bread. We've been doing it simple, haven't we, Sam? But, right. <laughs> but we look over the other side of the room and they're serving it's up gourmet gour- salads yeah. and yeah. oh gosh, strength. With pretty sauce good. drizzled on them, and, and they good. look pretty. Yeah, it looks it's all amazing. about the sauces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good! It's uh, yeah. It's, you know, we, we've we've I guess we've changed the way we've hunted over the years, haven't we, Greg? Ah, oh, yeah, big time. You know, primarily my background's um, you know stalk and shoot. So, yeah, you know, Bob, I think we've talked about this before, but you know, ballistic ballistic stuff. You know, just didn't matter to me because you just stalked and you shot stuff and you were that close that it didn't matter but now we're just sort of reaching out so far I just thought it was just you know just unachievable 
you know, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, I'm just going, you know, you hear about this stuff, but is it really true, you know? And now we're just doing it as a matter of course. Um, but, you know, a lot of, you know, learning and, and a lot of practice, you know, comes into it. You know, watching you guys shoot well over a grand, you know, it's just, you know, it's great. Great to watch, great to spot. It's good. It's good fun. Yeah, I mean, we mm. used to go out on a station and just smash everything, you know, smash everything we could, and we, um, you know, foxes and um, and foxes and goats and and whatever else was uh, was available to us. And um, and you drive all night spotlighting everything, and mm. then uh, you sort of sleep for a few hours and get up and then go out for the day and do all that sort of gear yeah. in, in fifty degree heat. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Good trip. Good <laughs> it's trip. good fun. Um and so but then to you know to do this and just sort of be out during the day and, and shooting long range yeah, stuff and then methodical and, mm. and, and lots of glassing and Yeah. yeah and then they come back here and chill by the fire has been good. Although having said that, Sean and Ben went for a little spotlight last night, couldn't convince them otherwise. Mm. You guys went went all right. It was very good. Sean was uh was on fire. I was a spotter and driver and Sean had the uh, two fifty out. Didn't you, buddy? We did uh, we did a couple of hours out in the spotlight, which was good. Bit bit chilly and towards the end there, the hand was freezing on the spotlight, but uh, managed to bag a nice feral cat. Which Wonderful, is, which yes. is always a favourite of mine. It's one thing about this trip is uh, while the sun's up, she's pretty pleasant. But as soon as that sun drops behind the uh, the oh. horizon, oh, oh, oh. yeah, she gets chill. Yep, real quick. Yeah, I was, I was just wearing a T-shirt this afternoon and shooting no dramas and sort of got up off the gun and walked back to the car, put the gun in the car and went, oh, man, that's cold. Yeah, it catches and you off guard, doesn't it? It's so ten quick. minutes before, it was beautiful. So, yeah, it's amazing. So, Sean, what, what did you bring that you didn't? You probably didn't need? Should I get Should I get some paper and write a list? Or? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, look, I've got – yeah, I can't think of anything really. The only thing I haven't used as yet is my GoPro. I've got my GoPro and all of the accessories, you know, but um, – You've got a GoPro here? Yeah, but oh, I haven't, dude, I haven't, I haven't got that out yet. Oh, can I borrow it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll run too. Yeah, sweet. Well, the other thing we brought that we didn't need to bring was all of the – Furniture? Yeah, <laughs> like – Tables and chairs, and this thing, this place is set up awesome. You know, yeah, we these we, huts are just. We thought we were going to be under a piece of iron or something like that, sleeping under yeah, the stars virtually. It's crazy, isn't it? This thing is awesome here. I tell you what, when you get on the station, you've got decent places to stay. It makes a. I mean, and when I say decent, I mean a couple of walls and a roof and a, and you know a table. Um, but it makes it it makes it so much of an easier trip to do. I mean, we've we've all done. I'm sure the uh, swag under a tree station run um and nothing wrong with that it's great it's good fun but um you come to something like this and it's pretty much luxury yeah yeah. yeah. it's the perfect home base yeah it just makes it nice and easy oh this is if we were if this was 10 years ago we'd all be like looking at ourselves going you guys are soft yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh we changed but anyway that's uh we were complaining about sore backs and everything before so it's all just part of the deal isn't it greg yeah that's right although i'm the youngest it turned out Anyway, <laughs> very good. Dan, have you got just anything? Just point that out. Yeah, I'll just let everyone know. Dan, have you got anything that you you sort of, I know you pack pretty light, probably the lightest out of all of us, but um, is there anything you brought that you go, no, nah, it's probably not worthwhile? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, no. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, true. Um, everything, pretty much everything we're doing, I've been doing for a few years, minus the, the real long range stuff. Yeah. If you halved that, it's, I'm pretty much doing what I've always done out at the southeast at a station I used to shoot on so I pretty much know what I need like tomorrow when we head up over the ranges I'll be packing a lot lighter I'll just take my 250 and 
a heap of water and mm. stay light because it's going to be hell going up that cliff. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, I might need some help with camera gear. It's <laughs> probably about it. But, oh, um, no. Yeah, light up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you were leading the pace today, mate. You were, Oh, no, Ben was, wasn't he? Ben was uh, running pretty much up the hills. And I had two guns. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, actually, that, that's another thing. <laughs> ben was running two two cows to make his choice, depending yeah. on the range of the the, the given target. That's so it was uh, yeah, the best of both worlds. Yeah, pretty much just deciding how much powder to put on the thirty cow projectile, weren't you? Well, that's right, exactly. So one, t- one was twice the size of the other one, so it was uh, worked out pretty good. So what were the what were the two? Yeah, tell us both, mate. You, you've told us so one. The, yeah, you, so the CTR is the shorter one, and then I've got a, a Tika Tactical in three hundred Win Mag. That's the big boy and. Um, that's got a GRS stock on it with a a long range stock that they don't make anymore apparently. Oh, and, that right? uh, so it's already got a monopod built into the back of them. Yeah, that looked pretty uh, kind of yeah. cool. Those yeah, that, it really good little setup and really well machined too. And yeah, that's probably been my favorite gun up to this point until now. I'm falling in love with this CTR at the moment. So mm, yeah, it's working well. It's really really good. And Sean, what you oh you said your 250 was your other one you brought up. Yeah, just the the three hundred eight, which is my sort of medium to long range rifle, and the two hundred fifty, which is set up for spotlighting. So, yeah, beautiful. So, you, you you said so. So, so yeah, that's all I brought. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> just leave it open ended. and <laughs> Pause. <laughs> yeah, like Sam. Sam, can you talk to me? And- <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right, Greg. What was your other one you bought? You bought your two four three. Yeah, two four three. And I just bought a two two three up. Now, that's really just a backup gun, um, just in case I had a malfunction on the two four three because my six by forty seven is not quite ready to be here. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been. Was what's where it's up to, mate? Um, you've shot it, haven't you? It yeah, this is the first off. first podcast oh. you've shot it. <laughs> ah, news. Yeah, um, no, last. What was it? Did last your bullet stabilize? They yeah, just ba- barely, out. mate. They're just, yeah. Just right on the edge. The things I wanted to bring up about today was just, and I've touched on it earlier, was just how we were working together on an, on an engagement. So what we actually did was we hiked up onto actually the top of a hill. We, we found a good, decent observation point. We observed using our binos. We found a target, um, and then... Basically, we sort of split up into roles, and um, and I, I just want to push over to Dan because I oh, know um, Dan was a big part of coordinating those those roles and and getting us uh, uh, through the engagement. So, sure. Dan, you know, today when we were, when we were engaging targets, uh, what did you take away from it the most in terms of um, how well, we did go, it? Well, go through how we did it. I'm, I'm at a loss. <laughs> I'll keep going. Um, so, look, what we did is and well, jump, jump say, in at any point. Yeah, right? sure. You'd yeah. spot something. We'd be glassing. We'd see something yeah. at whatever distance it was. Yeah. So, basically, uh, you know, one of the big key points that I brought up earlier is, you know, to, to actually engage a long-range target, you need good binos, right? That came up pretty quick. And we were all ha- running pretty good binos. We found our target, and we chose who the firer was, um, and they would get down on their guts, and then we split up into roles behind that firer. Um, we had spotters, um, we had two spotting scopes running, and we had ranging as well. So that was the big big thing that's really shown up this trip. And, and I know Dan's had a lot of success with his rangefinder 
is 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 getting a good accurate range because no I think you agree with me Dan um you know that's probably one of the bigger limiting factors of of shooting out especially in these conditions and and you've got a lot of experience with uh, rangefinders in in sunny conditions and dry grass and um you know, just let me know your thoughts on on ranging. Yeah, no, definitely. With with rangefinders, they they'll act differently through the day. Um, with the two I've had that I've used, I've noticed in the early mornings, in the lower light, and later afternoons, they'll they'll go a lot further than during midday when you've got a lot of sunlight. I guess the laser has trouble cutting through that light. But um, in in terms of how we've been working, uh, quite well as a team. I'd say um, we're all picking our roles pretty quick. We we choose who's best for the shot or who wants the shot, and I've been pretty much doing the ranging as I've got the better range finder. And someone's picking, calling shots on the on the spotting scope, and it's working quite well. Yeah, no, I agree. I I agree totally, and. Um yeah, and I think it's just because, and, and I think you find too with with as we build up our knowledge, we've all got reasonably good knowledge here, and and we can quite naturally fall into any role, um, depending on who the fire is. And the other thing is selecting who the fire is. So we look at the range of the target, and we go right. You've got a three hundred wind mag. You've got a two four three. You know who's the best choice for this shot. You know, and well, it's, pick- it's been interesting because we've we've known what guys are wanting to to be um, to be shooting. So guys are wanting to be shooting at, uh, you know, for example, for, for me, I was, I was definitely wanting nothing shorter than 1,000 metres for, for my 338. So, it, you know, you guys would go, oh, oh, hey, Rusty, come over here. There's, there's a shot beyond, you know, 1,200. That's yours. And, and it has been really, well, really gentlemanly of everyone. Um, and, and, but also being able to let everyone know what you're looking for, you know, the, the distances, what your last record was, and what you're trying to go go further again. We're not we're not up here just sort of shooting everything we can see. We we you know um, we're we're just trying to shoot uh, to sort of Select, knowledge. selecting yeah, the yeah, right target. Yeah, so we've sort of I guess we've all got um, and you know a hard deck. Effectively, we're not really taking shots below whatever our previous record was. We're all trying to get further and further and further. Um, and that's uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty good way to to operate. It gives us a huge amount of time. That's that's probably one thing that um, I really enjoy about this type of shooting. You, you as long as you, you, your game doesn't walk away. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a good point you bring up, Sam. And if you're happy to go there, um, is, is oh, let's is, go there, Greg. Yeah, let's, let's go, go there. Let's, let's go like, there. you know. I've noticed too is when you're shooting long range is the behaviour of your target. Um, I think with the muzzle brakes and um, you get very oh, little yeah. projection of your muzzle blast forward. Um, and really what we've seen with the goats, uh, the feral goats, is um, they really don't respond to your muzzle blast at all. Uh, they're more responding to the spike of the, uh, the strike of the bullet. Mm. And, um, you know, you they're really quite miffed where it's coming from. You've got all this bounce of the uh, of the muzzle blast across the mountains and bouncing off everywhere, and they're really quite confused, which which gives you a lot of opportunity to adjust, get on, and, and make a clean clean kill. Yeah, absolutely. Sean brought up a point before. Speaking of confused, and um, and it was <laughs> what, <laughs> it's, it's, um, and it was about um, actually. You, you ID your target, and then you've got your shooter because it's a certain distance, and actually being able to tell them and everyone else in the group how to get on target. 
Um, and we I know we found that challenging on a couple of occasions because for for one reason, one, there's a lot of goats out here. And so you can you can end up um you know, oh yeah, the white one. Yep. Yeah. That's that's good. Um, and or you know, you may see the wrong goat. You may you may be looking at a different hill and see the wrong goat. So it, it's about um, trying to sort of get on target. And then if you, I mean, you're shooting some reasonable distances. So even if you are on the right hill and in the right area, you still may not see the thing. Yeah. So you want to bring up what you were going to say before? Yeah, I think probably what I learned today was it's just hard to. You know, because there's four of us standing around with, with binos scanning, you know, 180-degree arc, and then we see something, and, it's, and you're trying to get the shooter actually on it. Because um, when you're down behind a rifle, you've got high magnification, you just don't have the field of view. Yep. And um, we could probably use a, a bit of, a, I don't know, a prep sesh to try and come up with some, some ways of, of describing where the targets are a bit better than just trying to use parts of anatomy to describe hills. <laughs> Yeah. Um, You've got some interesting uh, terms for, uh, for describing what you see downrange. Anyway, they're, they're probably best left unsaid, but um, they're creative. I'll give you that. Yeah, target indication is always tough. You know, like you've got a hill full of like sort of small bushes and, you know, what other markers you got on a small hill full of bushes? Yeah, is it's a not, bush. Not, not a, <laughs> I've, noticed, it's, I've noticed what we've all done and it works is spots a target and no one else can see and so what we've been doing is picking a very defined landmark that might not be anywhere near the target we're looking at and talking through from landmark to landmark like a a tree that looks like a christmas tree to a shiny rock slowly working your way to the target and Mm. it's not long before everyone's on it or a tree that looks like an ice cream that Mm. was that was a good one i remember the ice cream ice cream (laughs) one yeah that was mine i think yeah well the thing is is you're trying to interpret uh like a whole new language really of topographical interpretation of what yeah where targets are where they're going and and you've all sort and, of got to get on the same wavelength don't you yeah in terms of terminology yeah and and the, the i guess the the clock ray method they call it where you pick a point and that becomes the center of your clock and then you just go like four o'clock three o'clock yeah. that was working pretty well for us um once we all could find the center of the clock so I think we were in different time zones. I think that was probably <laughs> probably the issue. Um, the yeah. See, I found I found when you guys have sort of said, "Oh yeah, look at that ridge line where it does this," and then move straight down from there, and sort of halfway between that ridge line and this ridge line, I've found them very effective. Where you've used significant parts of the terrain to be able to bring on um, the problem out here is is you know over that one of those hills. I'm sure we'll put a photo up, but. Um, is it's just a terrain just repeated itself continually all yeah. the way through, and you sort of you're almost seeing the same thing continually and on and on and on, um, and so it does make it hard to to sort of position things. Um, it's great when you get one of the the really white ones or the really black ones. They do generally with the sun on them stand out mm. really well. Yeah, if I was going to be a goat, I wouldn't want to be a white one. <laughs> good, good to know your ambitions in life, sure. <laughs> One other thing I would I would mention, something we mentioned prior is about splitting up, and it's something I've done for about ten years now with with an old shooting buddy and my brother. Um, anyone listening, I wouldn't suggest just splitting up up in the hills. Is not relationship um, advice. <laughs> one thing that paramount is is staying in contact with each other by UHF and always keeping co- eye contact with each other, knowing where each other is. 
Yeah, it's yeah. one thing. If if I've lost contact, there's no shooting going on. Just so everyone knows, we we're not just up there splitting up and you know bullets are flying. Hoping, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember the last time we were we were up here, we 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 split like uh, like you're suggesting, and uh, Greg and I went down through a um uh, through the creek bed, and you were up on on the hill. Um, in in the position we managed to sort of shift some goats into your position, uh, your line of sight. I recall you calling me God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just <laughs> cool sign, God. <laughs> it's, okay, for that's that's from that movie Navy Seals, if you remember. Yeah, yeah I figured that. You do remember that? Okay, good. Um, anyway, God, um, we yeah we split up and you were over the, over the top and. Uh, we uh, managed to push some goats in, and yeah, that good communication makes sure it is a very effective way oh, of doing yeah. it. If you, if you stay in contact and you you're all keeping the same eyes on the same target, you can work your way into it, and it's a very effective way of of getting the job done. Yeah, well and truly. So that's what we're going to give tomorrow, crack. I guess is that the plan? That that's the plan. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Good thing we got. Good thing we got good radios. That's a pretty critical point. Always, uh, I remember the first trip we uh, we bought those for and uh, took them out, and it, it was you know that trip that was the one thing you go bring these every time. These are real good. Yeah, it, mm. it, it's very good fun. A few various shooting positions this trip. Mm. Um, I think uh, shooting positions are really uh, is a tricky uh, thing. It's it's funny. I had a couple of guys out at my place at at my range um i'm blessed having a little bit of property so i've got my own range on my on my place they came out and had a bit of a play at 100 and then we went out to 200 just to see what their uh, loads were doing with dropping and all that sort of thing and on the 200 position you're a bit on an incline it's going down into the valley so your muzzle obviously points down if you don't have a higher bipod and as we were talking about having by uh, a higher bipod and all that sort of thing it helps with position well these guys both uh, got kissed by the scope because they were uh, not used to shooting down like that yep so uh you know shooting position is is a really important thing obviously like dan and i when we were shooting our 1045 it was we both had rocks um in the nether region and it was um <laughs> was not the most comfortable position to be in, but obviously that you lose... That's not what you said then. You said you really enjoyed that. No, I asked if he was circumcised. But oh. anyway, um, the... <laughs> I am now. Yeah. The point is, is that, it, you know, you may not have the most comfortable position, but you need to get as comfortable as you can yep. so that when you are looking at what you're going to do down the other end, that that, that job is done to, to you know, in a purpose and a well. You know, that you're not, you're being safe with... Not getting too close to your your scope and getting that eye relief right and all that sort of thing. So it's it is a difficult thing when you're when you take the practical stuff of being at the range mm. and putting it out on field. It's it's a total different ball game, and you really need to do that. The other thing I've learned too about my shooting out here was, um, and I, I haven't done it as um, I did obviously the last. Uh, shots that we were we were taking out here this evening but, that over uh, a vehicle that one yeah on on a vehicle but the the thing was that um, I'm doing a lot of ho- holdovers because the scope I'm using is difficult to take the turret caps off then you got to adjust the turrets that way so it's it's just um, it takes a lot more adjustment to to get it right whereas my other two scopes are tactical turrets they're easy to get to very easy to change. So I've been doing a lot of holdovers initially. 
And then when we did dial it in, it was, it actually, I'm trying to do two different techniques and seeing how that works with this long range scenario. So that's, that's also something to take in consideration. Sometimes that can confuse people because they got so much to work with. Yep. But it's, you know, pick one, stick with it. And then I found that once once I got that dialed in, it actually dropped that last goat tonight. And it was was really cool. It was really cool to see. What about the other guys? Are you, are you dialing? Are you holding? What, what's happening? Uh, personally, I'll, I'll jump in while these guys are having a think. Um, I'm, I'm dialing initially. Yep. And then from first shot holding. So, yeah. So I'm just getting the reason, taking the So you guys are giving good calls in the background and then just just holding off based on your calls you're giving me. Um, So I don't know. How how are you doing it, uh, Dan? Uh, Well, when I'm shooting my 308, I've got my trajectory memorized to 700. So if it's inside that, it's just a quick dial. Um, Otherwise, I'm using my calculator. And just holding wind to get on it quick. Yep. But you say dialing elevation? Yep. Yep. Dialing elevation, holding wind. Nice. Sean? Yeah, a bit of everything. Um, first thing, obviously, is I'm, I'm I'm running the shooter app on my phone. So first stage is once someone's given me the range, I'll dial it up. I haven't been worrying about dialing for wind because just with these gullies that we're shooting over, you, don't, you can't really predict it exactly. So, um, I mean, unfortunately, when I was shooting, we didn't really have much of a breeze. It was only about two to three mile an hour. So I just uh, dialed for the range um, and obviously shot and then, and then just used holdover after adjustment because um, I got the tremor 2 reticle. Um, so once we could see the fall of shot, it's just a matter of coming up and holding over and uh, did the job. How have you found that reticle? Is the reticle's good. I like it. The The scope's probably not as clear as... The other ones I've got, I actually wound wound the magnification back a bit just to um, sharpen up the image a bit. But uh, I like the reticle, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been dialing uh, from elevation, hold wind, which is normal. I, I have held a little bit of elevation uh, when it hasn't quite been on, um, mm. but yeah, mostly mostly holding. Um, and I've been running H fifty nine on the six five Creed. Um, and that was, yeah, it's a nice reticle to use. And the colours, uh, SMRK, I think I'll get that wrong, I'm sure. But um, SMRK uh, 3, or whatever similar spelling it is, uh, on the colours. And, and that's been, uh, yeah, it's been wonderful to use, actually. First time I've had one of those scopes out of hunting. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's been uh, been very nice to use. Um, I've, I've found, you're talking about positions before, Ben, and mm. I've found a little bit of discomfort this trip with um, with my head position behind the scope. I can't get that Ruger to where I need it to be. Um, what, in terms of cheek willed? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, just not getting your eye aligned? No. Um, yeah. the, Naturally? The yeah. lap is, is more comfortable. I just put a, um, a, a wee bad little... Uh, Pack thing on the uh, on the adjustable stock, and mm. that's um that's been good. That means I don't have to have the um the riser up quite so high, um and it's just sort of added that little bit extra uh, for it. So I'm, I'm in line with the scope pretty well on that one. But yeah, just a bit of discomfort on that Ruger, and that's perhaps because I haven't shot it enough and and really haven't tuned it to my uh, to me. It gets used by a lot of different people, so I haven't really perhaps spent the time with it to uh, put my head behind it comfortably. Mm. But um, yeah, I've, I've noticed that, and and yeah, you know, if I was, if that Ruger was going to be for me to use regularly, um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd tweak it a bit. Um, 
Mm. Although I found that adjustment not as easy as I was hoping on the mm. other, on that. You've you've yep. used one or you've got yep. one or yeah, I've shot, yeah, I've got. Yeah. I had two in the shop. Yeah, and they both sold before I was able to uh, fully play with them both. But you know, um, that was one of the guys that I had out to the range. Yep, and um, once we shot his, yeah, it was. The adjustment is not as easy as you think. It's no. a quick release, but it's still... It's a quick release, and then the spring then pops out, and then the yeah. bolt falls through. And yeah. yeah. So it's, Meanwhile, yeah. the goat's getting away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Actually, I, I just want to bring up another topic, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're all going to have a little bit to say on this one, is, is just the, the value of mirage. Hmm. Um, and I, I think we saw it all in the last couple of days. In terms of you know when you're taking your sight picture and you you're wondering what the wind's doing, it's it's all right in front of you to a large extent in terms of watching Mirage, mm. and uh, I know that's showing up a lot on the footage. And and I, I um, Rusty, I don't know whether you'll put some footage in the in the in the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll try and do that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you'll see it. You'll see the Mirage, um, how it's playing out. You'll also see that there's quite a few cobwebs. Um, mm. Quite surprising, all the wildlife up mm. here, and and you know it's although it seems devoid of life at times, it's it is quite full of life, and mm. there's a lot of uh, airborne uh, you know spider webs and stuff like spiders moving around the they do it on the wind up here, um, but you can pick the wind. There's so, there's a lot of feedback. It's surprising. Mm. Um, I don't know about you. Um, Dan, um, you use the Mirage a bit when you're up here taking your shots and assessing your shots? Um, I honestly haven't seen much Mirage. I don't know if it's my scope or whatever, but all the shots I've been taking. But I have noticed the cobwebs and watched watched the the uh, vegetation and all. But, yeah, there's there's plenty of signs if you're looking for them. Only out of distance, like, you know, the 1,300 yeah, meter it's, shots. It's more the longer stuff. shots, yeah, the long, apparent. The long range is really easy to see. Mm. However, like what Sean was saying before, you know, by the time the the projectile gets out to that distance, because of the gullies and everything through here, mm. you know, it could be blown right, blown left, yeah. and then by the time you're at impact, you're like, oh, geez, that went weird. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's the other cool part, too, is that having two spotters with yep. what we're doing, um, then the relayed information from the spotter to the shooter saying, I saw a splash you know, one goat width yeah. right or low or whatever mm. has been... It's been gold, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it really it's has. It's a lot of information to, to digest, but really good because the more information you have... Yeah, and I, I don't know, a lot of us are, are, are running first focal planes, so that that's also helping a lot because it's all in in perspective, except Ben, of course. <laughs> ben, get a first focal <laughs> well, plane. That's, You'll I'm, love that, it. And hence the reason why I brought that point up about dialing and holdovers because, mm. you know, I, I didn't... You know, I thought a three hundred eight generally is around a thousand meter gun, and now that I can see the capabilities of what my load's been doing and what this gun is actually capable of, I know I've got to change that optic because it is annoying me. Yeah, your your optic is your limiting factor. It is. At the that's moment, that's isn't really it? what's yeah. holding me back because yeah. I'm like, I really need to be able to dial up quickly, get yeah. out there, and then I know I can make those eleven hundred meter shots. Yeah, yeah. And not have any problems. Now, are you, are you running? Sorry, Ben. Are you running any MOA rails at the moment on that three hundred eight? Do you no. think that's a good add to to your setup, or you're not sure on yeah, that one I, yet? Yeah. I looked at your, your turret, mate, and you uh, you you've lost a huge amount to zero. And I think if you uh, if you ran a twenty or a thirty MOA turret on uh, rail on there, I think you'd you'd, you'd gain make, a lot of that back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to actually. Well, I'd have to tap and it's worth and, some tests. and add it to it. 
because I, it comes with the rail on the. They just take the rail off, mate, and and then you can get rails that'll that'll go straight on that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so that might be an option. Yeah, it'd be it good would, to hear about how good. that goes. Yeah, yeah. More now, ba- sorry, back on Mirage. <laughs> back on uh, Mirage for a second. Um, see, I I usually like to use Mirage, and I to be fair, I haven't seen a huge amount, um, but I usually use Mirage to back up my call. Because I've learned not to rely on Mirage. I've seen, I've seen, and and it's perhaps not so prevalent here because we're not dealing with massive amounts of wind. But I've seen certainly in high winds, um, I've seen Mirage that gives you completely yeah. the wrong the wrong information, or uh, more commonly, you're looking at Mirage at the wrong distance of what mm. the target is. Actually, you've described this to me before, Rusty, where you had Mirage pushing one direction, but it was blocking the Mirage going the opposite direction further back in your range. Yeah, and it, could, it threw your call right out. Effectively, what you saw was Mirage running opposite to what your wind was actually doing, and so you made your adjustment, and it went that far, and and again to the wrong side uh, it's good to know yep. so I'm, I'm a little cautious around Mirage although running at this sort of speeds it's not too bad um, but it's uh, yeah it's certainly it's certainly one of those you know it's just another uh, another tool in the, the cabinet to utilise and, and if you use a couple of them against each other you can really confirm be confident that your uh, your data's good yeah right have a, an array of calibers here, and I think we sort of covered it before. But two to three, two fifty, two four three, six five Creed, three oh eights, three hundred Win Mag, and uh, three three eight Lapier. Um, it's been interesting to see what the the capabilities are. Yeah, for sure. Got some thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I was I was really impressed. Like that first shot when I when we arrived, and yep. you know it was like, well, let's give it a shot and see how yeah. three oh eight can go. Absolutely. Over a thousand, quite comfortably. Quite, quite comfortably. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, when when we got here, I was like I mentioned before, I was doing the holdover. Yeah. And I was right on the edge of the reticle, like it was just mm. right at the bottom edge. So, the capabilities of the optic was the limiting factor. It definitely wasn't the caliber at all. Cause yeah, all the is, gun. The gun's shooting lovely. Uh, mate. Well, it's tuned yeah. really well, and the time that I put into it's like um, zeroed it in. At a hundred, but then did a first dial test shot at six hundred, and first cold bore shot was bullseye. Yeah, no. Nice. And it was just like, okay, well, that's that's the deal. And so to see it actually go out past a thousand, quite comfortably, I'm thinking, okay, mm-hmm. well, I can't wait to see what I, you know. Yeah, and the upgrade, overlay of the short the barrel. Yeah, the overlay of the short barrel. Yeah, short you barrel. Know, you know, it's yeah. Sort of People get three hundred eight a lot of stick these days because of the you and know, fair the rise of the <laughs> yeah the rise of the six and a half what? mils and the the rise of the six mils. Well, see, I'm I'm uh, you know a, a two four three man anyway. I've got a Seiko eighty five and two four three. That's my favorite gun. That's the one I do most of my eradication with. Yep, and that's probably the most money I've spent on a gun is that one, and absolutely love it. Had the loads mm. tuned beautifully. Yeah, it's good it, when you can get that situation up, isn't it? When oh, a gun you love, so yeah. good. And then you know, I love that gun. And then to tune this three hundred eight, and then realize, wow, uh, yeah, you should be happy after this weekend. Oh, pretty, pretty yeah. stoked, really yeah. stoked. But you can see where the shortcomings are. Yeah, it's yeah. not the gun. It's yeah. not the gun at all. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, more optics because because yeah. of the sharp drop off at the back end. Yeah. Just getting that elevation. Actually, really? speaking of optics too, the the thing I've been really impressed with is my little monocular, which Vortex bring out as well. Yeah, yeah. It's their little RT Solo, and they're only like 
250 bucks, and that thing is awesome. Eight times zoom on it. Yeah. And being a monocular, I don't have to try to focus both, you know, like you were talking about with the binos before. And it's really good to glass because it's quick, it's easy. Light. It's small. Yeah, it's got, and it's got a reticle in it. So yep. it does. Cool. Yeah, 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 it's got a mill reticle in yeah, it. It's really Same nice. as the uh, the Vortex Tacticals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been really impressed with the uh, the 243 and the 250, actually, this uh, so far. Yeah. Um, for Dan to take that go to 805 metres or thereabouts, I was pretty mm. impressed with that. Yeah, Dan got me on actually with the two four three. Dan got me on to eighty seven grain Vmax, and and uh, Moroff was chewing them up. Loves them, loves them, and uh, yeah, just uh, it's really helping uh, get out there, you know. Like, and yeah. uh, switched switched to Godoff pretty good, like a light switch. So that was good. Yeah, wonderful. Dan, you're um, you were saying when uh, when I shot the three through eight, you were pretty impressed with the the hitting power of that thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, even close misses, you see that impact on the ground, and you got plenty mm. of splash, and you can get on target quick. And yeah, did maybe, you, maybe one day I'll have one. Did you, <laughs> did you catch the hit on the goat? Did you catch it? I did. I did. And, and how did that hit? How did the, how did it? The goat looked like jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah well, the uh, the I'm running cutting edge bullets in that, and uh, those things. Uh, this is the first time I've hunted with them, and they are very impressive. Um, yeah, really good. It's quite amusing. Have you interviewed those guys? No, no. Still, yeah. We spoke with Daryl from Metplan. He's the rep yeah. here. But actually, probably a good point. We yeah, it's a good point. You know, it's to, to prove and projectile this weekend. So. Yeah. Be yeah. good for the guys to hear from the manufacturers. Absolutely. Well, we'll let them know. We wonder if they will come on one day, maybe. Yeah. We'll have to work out that whole international thing. But, um, oh, and Ben, maybe you could translate American for us. Yeah, it's an awkward language. It is very awkward. I know. Awkward. In yesterday with the 338, we actually had some tourists roll up to the hut. Yeah, that was pretty uh, entertaining. <laughs> that was good fun for uh, for older blokes who were just, uh, obviously, just on a bit of a road trip and uh, going through and... Um, they uh, they pulled up and they weren't fortunate enough weren't phased at all about the fact we were shooting. In fact, they were really keen to stay and watch us sighting guns and talk about shooting goats. Um, they were they were really uh, wrapped about it. Um, and uh, but yeah, I remember shooting that. I said, "All right, guys, just uh, block your ears for this one." And uh, and Greg's looked at them and said, "Yeah, definitely block your ears for this one." <laughs> yeah. And uh, shot the three three eight, and their response to that was. Uh, <laughs> It was pretty comical, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was first time I experienced a three-three-eight percussion wave. I think. Oh, I think probably the first time they've seen anything over a three-eight. They're all drinking beers. I got <laughs> retired fellas on a full drive trip, was about, smashing the beers. It was about and eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well. yeah, it was. <laughs> Australia, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Australia yeah. do it. So no. Nah. Anyway, uh, they, yeah, they were pretty impressed, and uh, they were having a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Actually, cool yeah, driving. That, and they were really interested in talking talking to us. Actually, we saw them later on because uh, we uh, Greg and I went out and we uh, we shot that Ruger and uh, and we sort of did some uh, shots about five hundred. So we climbed up to the hill to go check out the goats. Mm. And while we we're up on the hill, they drove back. And uh, anyway, two to the horn, waved at them and. Uh, and uh, we're hoping they weren't uh, going to try and make their way up the hill because I'm not sure they, they would have done so well. No, I don't think I they was struggling. Car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it was uh, it's good fun when you when guys come along. You have a decent chat with them about guns. Uh, yeah, it's sort of those were, random encounters that happen in the middle of the Aussie bush. We've done 
know we've done a whole lot of um, talking about sort of hypotheticals of what you would bring, wouldn't bring. Um, but having you know, been here, usually we, we learn and we continue to grow our knowledge, which is certainly um, the most important part. But by the same token, you do get it to go out with a bunch of guys who have a bunch of cool gear and you get to see some stuff that you go, yeah, that actually would be really useful. I like the way that was used. Um, have you guys, or you found limitations on yourself um, through your equipment as well. Have you guys encountered that and what, what are you thinking about upgrading or changing or anything, if at all? Uh, Rusty, probably the only thing I'm spewing about is I don't have my favourite rifle with me. Yep. Um, I recently burnt the barrel out on it. It's a 243 Ackley and I'd had just found a load shooting those 87 grain VMAX that Greg was talking about, and yep. I was getting them over 3,600 feet per second. Oh, wow. And I just know if I had that can, with can me I up just, here. Sorry, can I just give some perspective? I'm shooting them at 3,000. Yeah. You're shooting them at 3,600, yeah, which mate. is huge. I, I was hoping when I did load development to get them up to 3,500, and they got to 3,600 quite easily. I wasn't at full capacity yet. So and if, I if was not getting pressure signs. If you um if you'd shot the goats using that, we wouldn't have to cook them up afterwards. They'd be. Fried. I'm confident it would be shredding. <laughs> it would be shredding up. That would have saved I, time. I really miss it. Absolutely. What about you, mate? Um, I'm I'm really happy with my rifle. Though I've put a quite a bit of money in it before this trip because we knew it'd be coming up for a few months. So I've got a nice new fat bastard brake on there and the new optic. How's, how's that going? Is that I done? really like it. Yeah, I mean, it? it's not the prettiest brake, but it's really cutting down the recoil. Um, fat, fat bastards, are they made by a particular company or is that what they call uh, themselves? APA. APA. Is it American Precision Ordnance or something? They do a good job there and you don't have to time those, do you? You just screw no, no, them on and then a... there's like a lock bolt, yeah. lock nut. Yep. Yeah. So, no, so just orientate. I've got a little bastard on my 6.5 which yeah. I chopped for the first time up here and yeah, that, that thing just kills any recall. Well, not that there was a lot to begin with. but It's good to know. Yeah. Mm. Pretty good. Um, really happy with it. Thing I don't like about the Tikas and the three hundred eight is the magazine length. It's just oh, too, yeah. it's too too yeah. short if you yeah. want to get your your projectile on the lands or close to. Yeah, good yeah. Call, man. Um, good and call. I'm only running one fifty fives because that's the ideal for the for the Tika T three twist. Um, and the factory mag was just about three millimeters too short. Yeah, and they also are a bit of a bit of a pain in the ass to feed at times. Just the mags themselves. So I upgraded to an AI. Magazine with the Atlas Works bottom metal. Is it working? Um, yeah, it's working beautiful. I mean, yeah, it was an absolute pain in the ass to fit. That's right. Um, yeah. How about overall length, mate? You had to actually machine the the stock to get it to fit. Yep. But the overall length is good. I've, I'm actually, you know, there, there's a couple of extra millimeters in the magazine, which is all I need to to get them on the lands. Yes. And oh, uh, that's beautiful. Good to know. And it's shooting really well now. I mean, I, we were out last. Last weekend at Ben's site and we put three rounds in one hole, so... Yeah, that's what you're after. Um, yeah, really happy with it. Oh, cool. I'd just like to add that I'm using a 308 ticker with a very secant bullet with massive jump nowhere near the lands and getting kills over a 1,000. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's now that that salt has that's uh, been... Myth busted, <laughs> yeah. That's Myth Buster, Dan. That's Myth Dan. Been permanantly rubbed into that wound. Um, <laughs> we. Uh, what about you, Greg? Is there anything you're going to... Change, upgrade? Well, I th- you know, I'd like to give them a six going to yeah. come up to a beautiful price like this. Um, but I, I'd really like something that hit a bit harder. Oh, you know, like the six, 
just going off the two four three, the six seems to just sort of just not hit with a lot of lot of oomph, sort of around the sort of seven hundred eight hundred. You know, that's that's about where it's at. Three hundred normal mag time for you, mate. I think that's but, why I liked the Ackley Greg on the eighty seven in a standard yeah, two four three is a really good varmint round on on small animals. Yeah, a bit but, more push. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, you know, I reckon probably up here, just being such a long-range environment, just something that hits with a bit more terminal performance. Yeah, I think would probably be really good for me. Just like a six, even a six and a half. I've, I've been watching your six and a half uh, Creedmoor performance with a very keen eye because I'm, I'm very keen on that ballistic profile. Yeah, but I want to hit harder. Well, I'm running um, one forty-two grain LR um, Nosler LR Acubons. And uh, funnily enough, that first goat I shot up here, which was at two hundred and sixty odd meters, yep, I didn't, I, I didn't think it performed as well. But it, everything further has done really, really well. Yeah. So perhaps it's, uh, it, it is, well, it says long range in the in the name. I guess that mm. indicates it really shouldn't perhaps be shot so so close in. Um, yeah, well, that, I think that's a lot well. with projectiles. They seem to. In terms of terminal performance, they seem to like to hit at certain certain velocity ranges to yeah. really perform. And if you're hitting them too close, they they just tend to keyhole a bit. But if you hit them at that that sort of optimum, they they really sort of do the damage and and really switch them off nice and humanely. Well and truly, mm. Ben, are you going to splash some cash on anything, mate, after this trip? Yeah, well, I think I've already alluded to optic upgrade for the three hundred eight, which will be one, and then the three hundred's looking. Um, the optics on that are probably getting a bit tired too, so I'm probably have to look at that. I, I'm realizing that you know optics are the key. We're we're talking about the first, um, you know, first point of call when you come to a target rich environment like this is your range finding. True. So yeah. that's that's one of the first things that you do. So it's it's and it's all optics from there. So your gun can shoot anywhere as long as you got your load development right. It's just you got to be able to see what you're shooting and be able to dial in that thing properly. So that's what I'll probably be doing as a as a bit of an overhaul through all of all of uh, all the optic range <laughs> at, at this stage. And I've been really impressed with all the uh the Vortex products I've been buying and and using. They've been just I I haven't been able to fault them yet, honestly. I just haven't been able to fault anything that they've do. Um, you know, compared to some of the other ones that I've got and it's just uh, I'll probably be going that way for the yeah. 308. Probably be, you know, putting a, a vortex on there somewhere. Yeah, nice. I um, I am probably going to get a new rangefinder. I think. Um, just the the one that I've got um is seemingly a little bit more inconsistent, and um also being you know getting that ability to stretch out more and more. Yeah, you know, we really want something that we'll do. Uh, more reliably uh, in in the distance, so I'm thinking maybe one of those Sig Kilo 2000s or 2400s. Yeah, that's got my eye on that from the, uh, the reviews, but we'll allude to all of that in another podcast in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the Brian Litz book that we've been reading, um, and it's um, it's probably the other thing that I actually like to to upgrade is some of the camera gear but that's probably pretty unrelated to uh, to those listening here but a little bit of my camera gear would be uh, would be good and I've uh, I mean Ben you can probably attest to this the the quality of a tripod has a huge amount to do with uh, yeah, how your optics can perform as well which is perhaps not the first thing you think of but tell you what uh, you know I've got a couple of tripods here and, and I've learned this lesson uh, uh, previously but 
um, the the flimsy small little ones um, really just don't cut it. You touch your spotting scope and you're off target. And uh, being able to get some decent ones, I, I think, is uh, well worthwhile. Absolutely. Oh uh, yeah. So it's been a really good day and um, a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 I guess. Um, you know, we'll probably wrap it up. And um, yeah, I want to thank these guys for uh, sticking it out with us and doing a podcast with us. Yeah, um, it's been good fun having you guys on on uh, on the mics as well. And uh, thanks for your input and thanks for coming up for a good weekend away. Hopefully, you guys uh, have enjoyed it so far, and we'll continue to enjoy it as well. I'm sure. Do and you know, we'll get out tomorrow and we'll we'll uh, we'll execute Dan's plan um, and we'll get out on those ridge lines. Stay tuned. Yeah. I've got a vibe. M- yeah, magic no. hour. We're going to follow the vibe. We reckon it's it's solid, and uh, we'll get up there and um, get on those ridge lines. And we'll next podcast. We'll update you, and we'll we'll just tell you how we go. Hopefully, um, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, it'll be good. So, uh, Ben, thanks for uh, your input, and Sean and Dan over there on the couch. Thanks, lads. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Easy, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we're uh, going to crank this fire up, and probably sit back and have a bourbon. I reckon. Sounds good. Cheers, guys. See ya. Cheers, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter.